0: And welcome to the concept podcast on thermal or heat capacity, which essentially refers to the amount of heat or energy it takes to raise the temperature of the matter or object of interest by a unit degree which is typically either unit degree celsius or unit degree kelvin and if the object of interest is a unit mass say one kilogram then the heat capacity is referred to as the specific heat and is reflective of the properties of the material that the object or matter of unit mass is made up of and along the similar lines if you choose the matter or object of interest to be of one mole that is mass of the object is equal to its molar mass then the amount of heat required to raise the temperature by a unit degree celsius or a unit degree kelvin is referred to or called as the molar specific heat by the way if you wonder why the word specific was used Well, that's because the amount of heat required to raise the temperature of a unit mass of a material is specific to that material. And this value is independent of the amount or mass of material used in measurement. Now, if the last statement might sound slightly twisted, don't worry about it. It is fairly simple and straightforward. I'm sure you will get it. Anyways, before we discuss different heat capacities any further, let's quickly revisit our basic understanding of temperature, how it is measured and how do we define heat. So, starting with temperature, temperature of a body is nothing but an indicator of the kinetic energy of the constituent atoms or molecules of an object. So when we say a metallic utensil is hot, what we're essentially implying is that the atoms or molecules are vibrating with high energy. And when you touch a hot surface and feel the burn, that is nothing but the atoms or molecules of the hot object hitting, say, your cells with high energy. And if it is too hot, then your cells might start to come apart, which is what that pain is that you feel. Anyways, so how do we assign a number to the hotness or coldness of an object? Well, for that we simply need to assign two numbers to two different states of hotness or coldness. And as soon as you assign these two numbers and give the unit some name, say Kelvin, then you have essentially defined a temperature scale. So for example, in case of Kelvin scale, scientists gave the state when all motion of atoms or molecules stops as zero Kelvin and they assign triple point of water, a value of 273.16 Kelvin. That's simple. Anyways, while it may not be very important to understand much about the triple point of water, but it is that special temperature and pressure at which H2O exists in all three states in equilibrium, that is, as ice, water, and water vapors or gas. And you cannot achieve that triple point at any other combination of temperature and pressure. Something that gave people of all nations an easy way to calibrate their temperature measurement devices. And before we talk about the three commonly used scales of temperature, that is Kelvin scale, Celsius scale and the Fahrenheit scale, let's quickly touch upon the constant volume gas thermometer. A device used to measure the temperature of a body or an object or a system, and it employs an ideal gas, that is gas with a small number of moles, allowing for the gas to behave as an ideal gas. Essentially meaning that the intermolecular interactions are negligible and as the name constant volume gas thermometer suggests here we maintain the volume of gas as constant which then means that for from the ideal gas law we essentially get a direct correlation between pressure and temperature of the gas being used that is pressure of the gas is directly proportional to its temperature So we start with inserting the bulb or container with the gas into a bath, which is at triple point temperature that is at 273.16 Kelvin. And we measure the pressure P3, which is nothing but the atmospheric pressure plus or minus rho GH, with rho being the density of the mercury and H being the height of the column of mercury above or below the gas-mercury interface afterwards we insert the bulb or container with the gas in the bath whose temperature we want to measure and keeping the volume same as before we again measure the pressure P of the gas and then the temperature of the bath is simply given by triple point temperature times P divided by P3 anyways moving on to temperature scales let's first talk about Kelvin and Celsius scales well point at which all molecular or atomic motion ceases or stops has been assigned a value of 0 Kelvin and triple point of water has been assigned a value of 273.16 Kelvin and then the freezing point of water at atmospheric pressure turns out to be 273.15 Kelvin as for the Celsius scale absolute zero is assigned a value of minus 273.15 degrees Celsius and freezing point of water at atmospheric pressure has been assigned a value of 0 Celsius this gives us a correlation between the two scales and that is simply temperature in celsius in temperature in kelvin minus 273.15 and by the way note that a temperature change of one degree celsius is equal to one kelvin change now as for the fahrenheit scale it is related to celsius scale by tc that is temperature in celsius is equal to 5 by 9 times temperature in fahrenheit minus 32 and note that 1 degree Fahrenheit change is equal to 0.56 degree Celsius change. Two interesting comparison data points for the two scales are 0 degree and minus 40 degree Celsius. 0 degree Celsius is equal, is equal to 32 degree Fahrenheit and minus 40 degree Celsius is equal to minus 40 degree Fahrenheit with that let's now move to heat capacity and before we talk about three different types of heat capacities that are in use by the scientific community let's quickly talk about heat heat is nothing but the energy transferred between systems and its surroundings if heat is transferred into the system it is conventionally taken as positive in physics and it is taken to be negative if heat or energy moves out from system into surroundings now note that This convention is opposite to what you will see in chemistry. Physicists like to supply the heat into the system, say water, because then they can extract mechanical work from the system. Recall that steam engines brought in the era of industrial revolution. Chemists on the other hand like exothermic reactions because this allows them to convert chemical energy of the chemicals or the system into the thermal energy. Anyways. Let's quickly talk about the units commonly used so the commonly used units are calorie and joules with joules being the SI unit and and one calorie is approximately 4.2 joules and how did scientists define what one calorie is well one calorie is the amount of heat that would raise the temperature of one gram of water from 14.5 to 15.5 degrees Celsius okay so moving on to the thermal or heat capacities, let's start with heat capacity of a given object. Heat capacity of an object which depends both on the material that the object is made up of and its mass is defined as the amount of heat required to raise the temperature of the given object by one degree Celsius. In other words, same amount of heat will be needed to raise the temperature of the given object from, say, 10 degrees to 20 degrees Celsius as it would take to raise it from, say, 90 degrees Celsius to 100 degrees Celsius. Now, such heat capacity numbers are not of much use as very rarely two objects in the real world are of the same material and the same dimensions. Now such heat capacity numbers are not of much use as very rarely two objects of the same material would be of the same size or mass. Though these heat capacity numbers do come in handy for test specimens in the laboratory. This is where specific heat and molar specific heat come into picture as they are defined for unit mass and unit mole or one mole. So specific heat, small c is given by heat supplied divided by mass of the object and the temperature change which can be either in degree Kelvin or degree Celsius as after all the two are the same by the way when defining specific heat we have to specify the test conditions such as whether the pressure was kept constant or volume was kept constant the two standard test conditions in case of solids Specific heat at constant pressure and specific heat at constant volume are nearly the same, as the volume of solids doesn't really change much. And if it is changing much, then it doesn't do any measurable work on the surroundings, meaning all the heat goes into increasing the internal energy of the material, meaning the kinetic energy of the atoms or molecules, whether in form of the vibrational kinetic energy, or the rotational kinetic energy, or translational kinetic energy. But in case of gases, as we will discuss later, it makes a significant difference. Now for gases, since we deal more with number of moles, scientific community tends to talk more in terms of molar specific heat, which is nothing but the amount of heat required to raise the temperature of one mole of a substance by 1 degree Celsius or 1 degree Kelvin. And before we close the discussion here, note that the commonly used units are joules per degree C or joules per Kelvin for heat capacities joules per kilogram per degree C or joules per kilogram per Kelvin or calorie per gram per degree Celsius or calorie per gram per Kelvin for specific heat and joules per mole per degree Celsius or joules per mole per Kelvin for molar specific heat with that hope that will be helpful for you but stay tuned into our HJE telegram channels and YouTube channels and we'll sure let you know when our pulse module will be rolled out all the best